everyone and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. Welcome to this week's Wind Down Wednesday. So this week uh, you've got me. Um, if you're new to the group and just joined today, uh, my name's Vicky and I run the Pet Accountant, uh, which is a accountancy firm that helps uh, pet businesses across the UK. And every week we do a live on various different topics uh, and we have guests on every now and again. And this week I'm joined by the lovely Tegan and Alicia. Um, if your client's watching, um, you probably know who Tegan is because she probably emails you more than I do. Um, and Alicia is um, a dog walker local to us and also looks after Frank and Fifi. Um, so she's kindly offered to come in today and discuss uh, her pet business. So if you guys have got any questions... Um, as we go through uh, tonight's episode, just pop them in the comments uh, and I'll ask them as we go. Um, the main aim today, so just to give you guys a bit of background, um, if you don't know, if you haven't read anything on, on the group, is Tegan used to uh, run a very successful dog grooming business and Alicia currently runs a very successful dog walking business. Um, so I thought it would be really good to get them in to talk about uh, their ups and downs of running a business, a pet business, what they would do differently looking back, how they advertised, how they worked out their prices and things like that. So if you're watching and you are a dog groomer or a dog walker, or even if you something else, uh, it's all going to be relevant. Um, so just get all the questions in as we go along, if you have any, um, but be nice because I do think they're slightly nervous. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're sat, they're sat next door so if you get any feedback I apologise we're in very close proximity to each other but right so let's get cracking welcome thank you Hello. Tegan uh, tell us briefly very briefly mm-hmm. um, what you uh, used to do and where you were set up so I had a dog room business in Birmingham um, I set it up I was home based, so I converted my garage into a salon. It's quite a big garage. Um, and I did that for nearly five years. Been grooming for about eight years, but I had the business for five. Fab. And you, Alicia? Um, what did you say again? <laughs> She's oh, dear. She's only had work. like one sip of drink as well. Really what is it that you, Alicia, what is it that you do? <laughs> I'm a dog walker. I set up a year ago. It was my first birthday of my business yesterday. Um, and I do dog walking, dog sits, um, even any animal sit, basically. I go in and feed tortoises, um, cats, you name it. <laughs> and I do it. Prim- primarily dog walking, though. Um, and I'm getting quite busy, which is good. Fabulous. Congrats on your birthday. Thank you. Um, right. So let's get into nitty gritty now. Everyone knows what you do. Um, is there obviously I'll go to you first Tegan obviously because you were doing it a lot longer is there anything or how did you you know when you decided to be a dog groomer you know what did you do what research did you do before you actually opened your business Um, so I was quite young I was 19 when I decided to set my business up um, and I ended up I don't know how I came across it ended up going through the Prince's Trust um, and I was allocated a mentor through them who just explained how to do like um, research, look at your competitors in the area um, and look at your target audience, stuff like that. The stuff about social media, how to um, advertise your business and whatnot. Um, so I went through them. Um, I got a grant, like a, a young entrepreneur's grant through them for the startup cost of the business. And yeah. That's how I decided, well, that's how the process started of getting into it. Um, so, all right, you did that course. How did you go about getting your first client? So you've set up, you've bought all your equipment. Yeah. How are you getting your clients? It's quite difficult for me because I was originally, I was born and bred in Leicester and I moved up to Birmingham and I literally knew nobody there. Um, so what I did is online groups, buy and sell groups or advertising groups, 
I would just spam every night, like sometimes once, twice a night. And nighttime I found was better because most people are sat after six o'clock at home on the phones or the computer. Um, just doing like 20% off um, for new customers for the first time groom. And then when I ended up meeting people, I met people through the gym or whatever, I then would ask them to share my page, invite people to my page. I was getting people around the area onto the page. I did a few competitions when I first started up to get people liking and following my page. So that was good. It was a good idea. Are you talking about Facebook? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I did predominantly everything was on Facebook. Um, I didn't get a web page like a website straight away. Um, Facebook, I didn't really get that many customers from. Mainly everything was either the Googled or Facebook, but I'd say 90% was Facebook. Okay. So that was just doing adverts and things yeah. like that into the buy and sell groups. That was all um, quite a good one as okay. well. Ten pound a week used to do. How much did you spend on the Facebook ads? Ten pound a week. <laughs> £10 a week? Oh, in the first like few months, yeah. And then it would just be like £10 um, a month after that, like a few years of business. When I need, when I was, it was coming up to Christmas and I wanted to do an ad or whatnot, it would be less. But originally it was quite a bit. Okay. What about you, Alicia? How did you get your clients? Um, so I primarily used Facebook as well. I had a Facebook and Instagram page that I set up both at the same time, so they were linked. Um, but I did a lot of advertising, so I'd post in, like, the areas that I cover. I would find, like, their local Facebook page where they can you can advertise, and I would just post, like, my, like, what I, my sort of, lost my train of thought. I'd post, like, my, like that I had availability for new dogs, and I used to put my price and the hours and the services that I offer so that it was all kind of there, so they knew straight away before inboxing me. Mm-hmm. Um and I would just put it in all of the advertising pages that I could, like all like there's Northumberland ones, anything like that. And I'd say a lot of my clients come from the Facebook pages. Um, a few was word of mouth. Um, and obviously once I'd got some clients, it was them telling other people um about me. But I was gonna do leaflets and then I just thought I live in like a very hilly area and I just didn't want to go post leaflets. <laughs> so I just did Facebook. Um the I dog walker didn't want to walk. I didn't, dog walk, I didn't want to walk. I only walk dogs. I don't walk myself. Um, so it was primarily Facebook, I would say, that got my business going, really. Yeah. Fab. Sorry, if you can hear that really dull noise in the background, that's Fifi snoring. She's just um, here snoring. She's a French. She sounds like a pig. She's a little piggy French. She's snoring yeah. in the background. Exactly. So Facebook primarily then for both of you, just putting the ad. Did you do it every day, Alicia, if you're posting, or do you do it like every other day? So I kind of, when I first started, because I was worried I was going to have no clients and I just jumped straight into it and was just worried that I was going to end up with no money. Um, I did every day, sort of like the same as Tegan. I would wait until the evening when yeah. most people are on their phones um, and post in the groups then because obviously people are scrolling through on the night time and it would come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found I got a lot of messages like either evening or the next morning sort of thing. So, and then once I started getting quite a lot of clients, I would do maybe once or twice a week instead um, just so I could kind of get me meet and greet in, start the walks and then kind of reassess what availability I then had to then post again. Fab. So did either of you do anything other than Facebook and Instagram? Anything? I know you mentioned leaflets, which not many people do. I know Lee, he's bloody watching. He's just said hello in the comments. I can't believe he's watching and not here. He could have done it from Mexico. I so, <laughs> not very happy, Lee. Get off the live. Um, <laughs> So I know Lee's a massive advocate of the leaflets and like people use um, newspapers and stuff like that. Did you guys use anything other than social media? I put some leaflets in the local vets. And the problem is what I didn't do in the first few months as open was ask um, because majority was from Facebook or they'd message me through Facebook when I did like an advert or um, a post in the buy and sell groups that messaged me directly. Mm-hmm. I never really, those that rang up, I never really asked. So that's probably somewhere I went wrong to see where did they see my leaflet. But um, Pets at Home let me put one in there, which is funny because they didn't have a green room in that one based in Warsaw. So they let me put one in there. Um, I actually met a few of my clients and they were my long-term clients in the pub. <laughs> so I was sitting in a beer garden They had two cocker spaniels And I remember I was a few months into it um, And it was quite scary approaching her Being a new groomer But I just explained that I was a new groomer in the area I've got this offer on And then she was my client for four or five years So that was quite I did. A, I made um, I got a few clients doing it that way So that was quite a good idea <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know 
Oh, go on, Lisa. Sorry. Um, mine was mainly Facebook, but then I had like I would be the same, like out on dog walks. If you always get talking about that dog, like people are walking their dogs, and I would be like, they'd ask about the dogs, and I'd be like, oh, such and such, and I'd say, oh, but they're not mine. Like I'm a dog yeah. walker, and kind of just drop it in that way because they would ask how old they are and stuff like that, and yeah. um, well, like if they were friendly and that, and then you just get talking. So a lot of it was like that as well. And then I had one client who I think me and he had recommended us to a while back and then I was just walking along the street and she was in a car and she like stopped and she was like are you the dog walk and I was like yeah and she just went and like <laughs> drove onto the curb and pulled up and got out and was like oh I'm like look at one and I was just like all right I'm just stood there with two friends she's like all right okay um yeah I was like just take me number and I'll give me a call and just had a hit as well you call but it's fine but um she's, I have she's one of my regular clients and a dog so she's a Frenchie Alan and um she's great so quite a funny way of getting a client but <laughs> never been hit by them but yeah but so it, does was work. Them. it does work though doesn't it because a lot of people when they're first starting out they're not quite sure and I think with Facebook and Instagram you've got to be consistent there's no point putting an ad out like once mm-hmm. a week and then hoping someone's going to see it. you've got to be quite strict with yourself and do it like every day like you said um, what about pricing then I'll go to you team because obviously I was just going to say something before I forget oh, um, like I found like you can be the best dog groomer or the best dog walker out there mm-hmm. but like having that really personal relationship with the dogs and the customers I think that was the best thing that I like I had really was people were so I'd always make sure um, especially when they were first time customers that I would send them a photo of the dog that like I'd make sure if they're a new customer I'd take a photo of the dog like a cute one as many like you're getting playing in the sun or a video and send it to the customer later on that night just so they can see how content and happy the dog was um, and then I'd ask them for a testimonial always whether they did it or not but most of the time most of the times it was best to ask them when they were home and they were relaxed and they had nothing to do because if they asked them at the door when they were leaving and they'd often forget yeah and then you know by like in two years in I had a hundred five-star reviews or more and um obviously because I had this personal relationship with my customers and the dogs and I always played them whenever they came to the salon they'd have a five minute play break go to the toilet and they knew that's how it works so I think that really helped you can be the best dog groomer out there but if you've not got that what's the word like extra yeah it's just like it's just being like on a personal level instead of just being strictly professional because it's a business like it is a very personal thing like you're with their dog and you have to get yeah yeah, they've got to trust you and get annoyed because at the end of the day they're like it's like their baby it's the same with like your two dogs like yeah i treat everyone's dog like they're my own oh yeah like if i met you and i was just like a lot of people like meet and greet are always going and they always say like oh we're always like let like let the dog decide so mm-hmm. most of the time dogs come running show of me because I smell like dogs and everything I've got treats me part so they're always like so excited and that's quite a nice thing for it relaxes the owner knowing that their dog is quite comfortable straight away with me um and I was going to say as well like obviously I posted on pages on Facebook but I also had a look so that's how I got used so like people posting on like pet business pages on Facebook saying um need oh, yeah. a dog walker um or these post it in like some of the local pages around them like looking for a dog walker does anyone recommend anything I would comment saying oh I do dog walking um this is my business page feel free I to forgot, drop us a I message I found you yeah I posted on a local Northumbrian group because I was new to yeah, the area her. saying I need a dog walker dog sitter and then and you were just the first comment, yeah comment. which is quite good lucky because normally I'm like last few of the people did but they you were the quickest to respond and yeah. you'd be like if you want to give me a call you can yeah, and you were straight away on the phone, and then happy to do the meet and greet. You're very yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think once you but get we did we did stalk your page though, and this goes back to your uh, reviews and what we were saying last week is that you, you're gonna have a look, and if you don't have a website, you're gonna look at the Facebook page and look at pe- look at the reviews that yeah. people have left you, mm-hmm. um, and you know what your business page looks like. And like I say, if it looked crap, and some of them we did click on looked rubbish yeah. and I was a bit like mm, if that you know if they haven't spent time doing a decent page and they've got no reviews or no pictures of the dogs you're not going to get picked on it at the end I of the day I always try and be like consistent I mean I post the photos mainly for the owners to see what the dog's been up to that day but obviously it also looks good for people like you who's coming on and having a look before deciding like oh well them dogs seem to be having a good time so I'm probably a bit I feel a bit more 
at ease like messaging and saying how what she's about um and obviously the dogs are running around happy and it's just making sure you're posting like every day just keeping the um, engagement isn't yeah, it I think her. you can leave your page to go dead like, yeah, I remember at that point I was getting 25-30 likes with a post when first opened yeah. and then I stopped for six months I thought I'm that busy I'm fully booked I don't need to post anymore I then yeah. went back to posting again every night and I was getting like three four likes on the yeah. post because people weren't engaging with it anymore yeah that's the thing I've got so many people who some people I don't have I, I don't even here. walk like, some of them I don't even walk the dogs it's like me and like me auntie's like family and stuff like that like they all comment like they're like me top fans and the dog, like even dogs, their dogs, so this is this is what happens guys when these two get together i don't get a word in and i just end up sitting here listening to them <laughs> if i didn't interrupt they'd just carry on for another 10 minutes talking about um so next price. point bef- yeah prices so i'll go to you first tegan because obviously you've been doing it a bit longer what did you do when you first started with regards to prices and then how did it change as you went through and what would you do differently if you could go back um do it again oh i never think so i was told by my mentor through the prince just never to start with lower prices if you want to put an offer out do like a discount off your full price because then it's harder than to increase the prices However, I was stuck in this mentality because I was a home-based dog groomer that I need to be cheaper than pets at home or a salon, which is somewhere where I went wrong. Um, so my mum's a dog groomer. She's got successful businesses. And she was always like, you're too cheap. You don't realise. like." And I think because I was new and new to having a business, I doubted myself. I didn't have the confidence in charging more. So a year and a half in, maybe even two years, I decided to put my prices up. And the reason being is because I was fully booked, but I was working six days a week, sometimes 12 hour days. And I was turning people away. And the only thing I could really do was put my prices up. And those that weren't happy and left, I'd then fill them with the people that were waiting to to get on my books. So I put my prices up about two years in. um, And then again, the following two years, I put them up five pounds each time. And I only really had like two people grumble in in the two occasions that I increase my prices so I wish I did it sooner but you live in there do you think if you look back now would you do it more often than every two years um it's difficult because you, that's the problem you always worry about losing your clients um I guess like with the cost of living and inflation and everything you kind of have to because your shampoos go up the sharpening costs go up everything goes up um but I don't know whether I'd do it five pound every year maybe a two pound increase each year yeah and the thing is, your skill set increases and, you know, your experience and whatnot. But, yeah, I probably would do it every year, just less. But then you just said yourself, you had you were turning people away yeah. and you had people wanting to get on your books for so long and you were only still going to put your prices up by £2. If I was to do it every year, probably, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I'm <laughs> five years and you've increased it by like 40 quid. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Can you realistically do it £5 every year? Why well, not? Point. Well, but why not though? Because if you think inflation, you know, interest rates, everything goes up every year. If you're not putting your prices up in line with everything else, everything else is going to become more expensive and you've kept your prices the same. Yeah. So all your expenses are going to go up a couple of quid and then you're not putting your prices up, then obviously your expenses are going to overtake what you're bringing in. So. I think- I think it's, it's a, I think it's a mindset. It's a mindset yeah. issue with with it everybody. Is oh, I don't put it up, or I'll just put up a pound, and I'm like, like, what's a pound? Mm. Like people, you can't even buy a can of pop for a pound these days. Yeah. Like you know, you, you've got to have that confidence. And you said yourself, like you only lost like two customers, and there's people knocking your door down trying to get in. Yeah, like, you need to put your prices up, think, otherwise, you know, you're just going to plateau. Uh, the amount of work it takes so obviously it's a bit different dog walking we're like a cockapoo a large cockapoo that take you an hour and a half um and i would i would feel more inclined to put prices up for a dog like that that takes more effort more work more time than a frenchie that is always if it's well bearded a regular it's going to take me 25 30 minutes like so i think especially i know there's groomers out there that do charge like 60 70 80 quid for a cockapoo and i've seen it and i think i understand why or any kind of poodle breed curly coat breed well, because yeah, you kind of have to yeah assess what kind so you could just say like say like short haired breeds this mm-hmm. price 
like longer head like that it's going to take longer you can change your yeah. price that way couldn't you but then I in, introduced like um, if they went on a regular schedule it automatically be five pound more and obviously agreements will know that there's like there's matting fees things like that but the stuff like that that I struggle to be strict on at the beginning and I probably sorry the police the police are just running out <laughs> running out the car oh, just swaps <laughs> okay um so, yeah, I, I should have been strict with my policies from the beginning as well. Lateness, matting, things like that, because I feel like if people think they can get away with it, they start pushing the boundaries a bit. So, yeah, I would uh, definitely be stricter on them. But I do think you can increase your prices, maybe not £5 a year, though. But, <laughs> All right. All right. but why not, though? Why not £5 a year? I'm going to be controversial. Like, why not, though? I think for difficult dogs, I would, yeah. Maybe the regulars that are easy. Assessing the situation. Yeah, every dog individual. Like- things are going to cost that you're going to got to sit down mm. and work out what things are costing like like you say when it increases each year you have to say well right shampoos conditioners are costing this much which means then you're going yeah. to have to put an assessor that way aren't you well but it goes back it goes back to looking at your figures which is what i harp on about literally every podcast that i do is that people are wondering how much to put the prices up by but unless you work out how much you spend yeah. and how much you need to live on you know, you're never going to be able to work that out. So it's all about, it goes back every single time to to looking at your figures and figuring out, well, actually, my shampoo last year used to cost £100 a month. Now it costs £120 a month. Mm. You know, and the next year it might be £140 a month. So if you're not putting your prices up, you're literally going to make your profits yeah. going to go down rather than up, which is obviously mm. the opposite direction. What have you done about your prices? Because I know that you're a bit of a sticky wicket at the minute, aren't you? Do you want to just talk us through that? Just because it might help someone that's in a similar position. Yeah, so uh, when I started out, when I started, I looked at businesses around my area because like Tegan said, you don't want to price yourself the bottom end, like too low. So I kind of went like middle-ish, like um, seeing what the prices around my area were and kind of just went in the middle of like the cheapest and the most expensive. Um you guys say that I'm too cheap and yeah. that I need to increase my prices. You so are. yes, that's definitely something that I need to do. Um, like you say, I'm going to have to sit down and work out like what my expenses are. Obviously mine's not to the extent of yours with like equipment and whatever else, but then there is still the treats and diesel and whatever else that adds up, um, especially as I'm in different areas all of the time. So um, I do need to sit down and kind of work that out and then increase my prices. Cause like you say, people who want to stick around and, will basically so you're fully booked now aren't you yes yes and this is what you know we had this conversation before we came on and he was like I'm fully booked I don't know what to do you put your prices up you know when we first when we first met you though and you came over and we were like we needed a dog sitter at the time I think rather than a dog walker and I was like how much are you and you were like I think you said like 30 quid or something or did you even say 25 I'm not sure 25 and then five for an yeah extra. and I was like the 25 quid for a day and a night and you take the dog out for a walk I actually think we paid you more didn't we we were like that's ridiculous yeah. like that's too cheap you're a bar chocolate <laughs> <laughs> but we're turning on the side for Chinese yeah, money yeah. for Chinese we weren't actually paying you more to be there than you than you asked for <laughs> Because you were too cheap. And I think now you, you may, you know, you, you're fully booked now, which which is a problem because your prices maybe were too low. So you filled all those spots because people have gone, you know, fucking hell, that's cheap. I'm going to get on that straight away. And now you're fully booked. You're going to have to have that awkward conversation of, well, actually, do you know what? Your dog walks are now like two pounds more. Yeah. which to them is not really a lot, two quid, but to your bottom line, two quid per oh, dog per week, per month, yeah. makes a massive difference if you're walking and boarding a lot of dogs. Yeah, you know, exactly. we're getting a puppy, you know, I've just put a deposit down on a puppy, um, so we're going to have three dogs now, and you were like, oh, I'm not going to charge you any extra, and I was like, yes, you will. <laughs> you know, I said, you were business, at the end of the day, people are far too soft. Yeah. And you know, everyone does it. Oh no, you know, I'm it's all right, don't worry about it. I'll do the three dogs for 30 quid, the same bloody price as you know, the, the one dog. And I'm like, no, you bloody won't, you'll charge us more. Um, and now you're gonna have to put your prices up, yeah. aren't you? I think like in the first year, you always just feel like you want to like you say please everyone because you want yeah. the clients, but then as it goes like further down the line, you kind of think, well, actually, like I wouldn't be too bothered if that one drops you know what I mean and like, as, like they say you're always going to end up with but more you do learn that you yeah just, you, mm-hmm. that's for experience and it's cringing people say I'll oh, work smarter not harder 
but it's true. Oh, and, yeah. and I learned that the hard way from having burnout, from, you know, having to put my prices up and having that awkward conversation, be stricter on my policies, have the same people take them week in, week out with lateness or like pickups. And you do, you just, you, it's trying and error is that you learn from your own mistakes. Yeah. So, yeah. And you had your first awkward client last week. I did. That do you want to just talk, talk to us about your awkward client? Obviously, don't mention any names because of data protection and all oh, that. I had a uh, so let, let's just, let's just call her, let's just call her Mrs. X. Um, and just briefly talk through what happened because I'm sure there'll be people on here listening who may not have had their first let's just say politely difficult customer and, and how you dealt with it and, and how it made you feel yeah so I had a client whose dog I used to walk two times a week and then it was increased to three times a week just recently um she paid monthly for her walks um she was an older dog um so she went out on the groups but she kind of just did her own thing she didn't really like being left at home like afterwards like she was very like distressed when she was home um she used to pace about and stuff like that like our owner had a dog cam I would say so I always just kept her out longer so I'd have her out for the hour walk with everyone but I would make her like the last drop off first pick up sort of thing um so she was out for more than an hour sometimes two hours um but she only paid for the hour walk um and then on one occasion I had to drop her back pretty much like second drop off um because it wasn't feasible to go the other end to then come back on myself like for you have diesel. different dogs. Yeah. It's just logistics. So like just work. for the area, it made sense because I was passing that way to drop her off second to then go to the rest of them. Um so she was only out for about an hour and ten minutes. So she had an hour walk then ten minutes. Um and then I ended up with some really horrible messages on the evening. How Which our I've dog read. was very distressed and everything like that and kind of like she was only out for the hour she's only out longer and I was like yes it's not always feasible and I just she sent us lots and lots of horrible messages um so I said look like the next day I didn't reply to them because at the end of the day it was late at night when she was texting and I was like it's I'm finished work now obviously with your business it's quite hard to switch off but it was to the point where I hadn't even had me tea or shower and I was like nope so I replied in the morning, very professional. Um, and then she was all apologetic. And I was just like, still not happy about keeping you on. Um, I just was very professional and just said, like, I don't think I'm the right person for your dog. Um, I'll refund you for the rest of this month's walks that I haven't done. And I'll return your key. And then that should have been the end of it. But she then was continued, continued on, started threatening my business later on because she thought I hadn't sent the refund when I had. Um, and then... She, the next day I posted the key and thought that'll be it and then she started again so I had a blocker on my business page because I was worried she was going to leave like a horrible review when I hadn't actually done anything wrong to the dog um, so she was blocked um, and I haven't heard anything since but I'd said if it carried on it would have been sent to it was a horrific. reported for harassment and abuse and she was thrown in a room business. it was like 20 30 messages in an hour yeah saying like i'm gonna ruin your business you wait i'm gonna don't teach play, you a lesson don't, don't play, play games, games with me, me. and then the next day she was like i'm sorry i had a drink last night yeah. and apologized and started again that night so I'm just show you though, and this is a prime example like you handled it really well i know you're really upset because obviously you messaged us for, for yeah. advice as to how to respond um and it just goes to show that if you had if you set your boundaries from day one mm-hmm. that's it had you taken her back mm-hmm. and said all right yeah you know that's fine whatever we'll just you know yeah. let it slide she would have just carried on doing it and yeah. carried on sending abuse yeah. but you just nipped it in the bud and said you know what yeah yeah she tried and i was you know and we we gave the advice and said look you know she if if she's this difficult now you know and, and it really upset you just just get rid of her at the end of the day it's mm. your business. You're the boss. If you don't want an awkward client, then you can say, well, I'm sorry, this this relationship is broken down now. We we need to move on. And you've set that boundary. So you probably have more confidence now moving forward if you do get another difficult yeah. uh, Mrs. X client that yeah. tries to, you know, and it was taking the place. You had the dog out. She, you, you had it an hour. She paid for an hour. It was just because you didn't have it out for two hours like you yeah, normally do. You used to have it out longer just out of the kindness of your heart. Oh, because yeah. you felt bad for the dog. Yeah, she was paying for an hour and she still got an hour. Yeah. And, and she, I'd do like extra. I would even go in and try and sell her 
and then go out and stuff like that and just didn't work so which isn't down to me that's nothing that's added wrong but no when when clients at you like that it makes you like second guess yourself when really like as long as you're doing everything right by that dog and you know you have then that's all that counts anyways I had a um experience years in like I always used to have the odd I've never had a bad complaint or anything like that but like people turn up late and you're like, oh, it's a bit of a mick take now because I was a one-to-one dog groomer somebody was late behind like running behind it affects the whole day and um, I had a young couple, I had this bulldog, and they were always, they were local, they only lived like a few minutes of the road, but they'd always go be like, we're going to go and do the shopping, or we're going to go to McDonald's with the child. And it was always like 15, 20 minutes. And I, every time I say, you know, I have a policy that you've signed, you have a contract you sign electronically when you join, everyone signs it. And my policy is per 15 minutes of lateness, you get charged by a pound. And at the kindness of my heart, because I like them, I was like, don't worry about this time, don't worry about that time. Because it's only ever 10, 15 minutes. Um, and one day they turned over 45 minutes late. And it wasn't really hot, but it was warm weather. And my next client was a husky. And she was waiting outside, outside the salon front. And they turned up late. And I thought, I'm just going to say it. I said, I'm really sorry, but it's going to be £15 fee for today. And I'd pre-warned them previously about it. And he ended up screaming at me, swearing at me. Um, I was I actually, I think I'm quite a tough cookie, but I was in tears. I was so embarrassed because my next client was there. Luckily, she witnessed it. So they went to Facebook and they thought they were giving me a review and they ended up posting it on my Facebook time, on the page timeline. So I ended up just deleting it. But then I clicked on their Facebook page, like his personal page, and he wrote a, he wrote like a post, a photo of the dog. Um, but the, like all the time they were doing it and I'd have the dog out just in the garden. I'd like, when it was warmer weather, I'd just be playing in the paddling pool with it before the groom and whatnot. And like their review they left me when they first started was amazing. It was so long about how happy they are and they found me. And just like that, it can switch because they don't like, like people take the mic and when they get told, they just, they yeah, switch they and they get nasty. Way, yeah. So, and it, it can happen, but again, it's how you deal with it. I was just like, right, delete that and block. Um, I thought I'm not entertaining this. I, it was yeah. horrific, but things like that happen. Just some message because I, <laughs> yeah. I would have just cried. I would have had like a pet lip, and I was just like, "I'm sorry." And like, I think that, that can happen. happen with, I think that can happen with most businesses. Though. And again, it goes back to setting your boundaries. If you don't set yeah. those boundaries from day one, people take the piss, mm-hmm. and it happens with us. And we unfortunately have to let clients go as well because the relationship just breaks down. And sometimes that's our fault because we've done too much for people at the beginning for free and then we no longer can do it. And then people expect that all the time then. And then it's hard to say, well, actually, no, you've got to pay for it now. So it's a learning curve and it happens in every business. But yeah, I think you handled that really well. You know, it's your first year of business and no one likes, you know, getting a shit review, especially when you haven't done anything. Um, and Facebook and, and social media can be a horrible place. And if you see someone leave a bad review, I had one like, last year it was a really random one and she was like um I I ordered something and I didn't get it and I waited for ages but then I, I emailed her and she replied really quickly and sent it to me straight away which is really good so she was kind of like slagging me off but then said how good it was at the same time so it's a bit confusing um but it, it is it is annoying yeah. yeah. Um, the Thanks. best advert for your business is a perfect reply to a bad review that's from Helen I know um, my response, I deleted it weeks later, but I responded with a screenshot of their review that left me on like the third groom they had with me. So I used to groom the bulldog every month. And then Gemma, who was, I don't know what I can say her name, no one's going to know who she is from Birmingham. She's lovely. She literally responded back saying, I was there, I witnessed it, the way you spoke to her. It was disgusting. She said, I was about to call the police. It was in my face. And I remember ringing my mum, I was crying. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like it was horrible. And his wife sat there while I, I thought she, my client said, I thought he was going to punch you. He was that angry and he was a big guy. Like it was, it was horrific, but I just, I didn't even entertain what they put on the post. I just screenshotted their review saying like, and I said, this is a policy. And then the client responded. So I was quite lucky the client was there to witness it, but it knocks your confidence. Oh, yeah. Even though I was years in, like I knew I'd done nothing wrong. And all I'm trying to do is enforce a policy that I've had. And it's in a contract that you've signed and agreed. Yeah. And then I feel like I'm doing something wrong. So yeah, I think right. as well, because when it gets something like that, because you are very, like I said before, you do try and get to know your clients on a personal level. Yeah. So then I think like you said, the start of then 
take advantage of that because you're at that personal level, which mm-hmm. you are, because you want them to know that you're a friendly and approachable person that's in taking care of their dog. So yeah. that's like where the like relationships like kind of start and then like you say the start then just taking the mic out of that and then yeah. they're then shocked when you turn around and kind of enforce like the things that you actually have trying to be a bit lenient to be kind yeah. yeah. but I think people don't people don't realize that you run the business for some reason yeah. like pet businesses so don't hard, get, like, they don't get the respect of no. people as an actual job and the fact that you're actually running the business and how hard know. it is people yeah. think you just play with dogs exactly like, just walk dogs like it's really not that easy if it was like it'd be yeah. brilliant but it's not like there's terrible days and you get some people go oh I'd love to do that as a job and I'm like yeah you would love it when it's nice outside but you wouldn't love like the all a final detail of like the horrible weather or mud or like I had a dog poo in my van like do you know what I mean like that's <laughs> the stuff that you actually seats. have to deal in and the week before dog we on your seats get them valeted like that's all the little things that you've got to deal with while you've also got four maybe four other dogs in the other crates and then you've got a dog that's covered in poo because it's pooed in the crate like <laughs> you've got to deal with that while before you've even started like get a dog poo on the table so people just forget like people just think oh it's yeah. a lovely job like imagine doing that every day for your job and like say they say it's just being a hobby and it's not like that's how we make a living like they wouldn't like it if yeah. their employer went to them oh like we're just taking like half of your like a pay cut off you because like whatever reason like they wouldn't be happy with it so why should we settle for that as well exactly exactly right let's move on um obviously this is a financial podcast so we're going to have to talk at least a couple of minutes on the financial side um (laughs) paul's sorry paul's just put (laughs) on the comments i had a spaniel poo out his mum's knickers in the (laughs) you win you win But that's got that's got to be a winner, Paul. Hands down. I mean, Frank, to be fair, is a murder when he was a puppy for eating underwear, and I think he actually sicked up part of a duvet that he chewed. He actually was sick, and a whole lump of oh, duvet gosh. cover came out. He was absolutely yes. right. But no, his mum's knickers out of his ass is, is class. Yeah. Right. Anyway, moving on to finance. Yeah. Um, what did you do, team, with regards to your your financial side? Or should I say, as I know the answer, what, what didn't you do? Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, record-keeping-wise, I was always like paper. I tried having systems and whatnot and diets, like electronic diaries, but I always preferred pen and paper. Um, and every day I would tot up what I'd earned and I'd always keep my receipts from the wholesaler, like my shampoos and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I would sometimes leave it like a couple of months before I, got, I worked out exactly what my expenses was and did my Excel spreadsheet. Um, I was kind of, even though I know it tends to be the older generation that's scared to go on software, but I am a bit of a, a technophobe myself. I don't, I, I like using things I'm used to. So um, I kind of always steer clear of software. Uh, I've got an accountant like two years in. I wish I'd got one sooner because I didn't know, like now I know with my experience and I'm doing this job that you can, you can be at a loss of your business. I never knew that before. And often the first year of your business is the most important time to get an accountant because you can benefit from it. But um, I got an accountant two years in. He was an older accountant. I'm not going to say he was a bad one, um, but <laughs> he did my accounts wrong, as you know, like completely wrong. So, um, yeah, he didn't really know anything about like the pet pet side of it. Like he wasn't an accountant specialised in pet professionals, but he ended up, you know, how he did it wrong. So um, I kind of wished I got an accountant from the beginning, that right from the beginning and specialised in pet businesses. Um, but yeah, so I didn't have a separate bank account. Uh, for a couple of years, which was then very difficult to separate my business expenses and my personal expenses. Um, so Pete, I know you go on about it in the group, but like I will sit here and say I didn't do that. And then like dealing with clients day in, day, day out that do that. And it just makes their life so much easier. You've got a separate bank account, haven't you? Yeah. And you've got free agent. Yes. And like I use free agent zero now and it isn't difficult to use. Like once you get used to it, it's very straightforward. Yeah, I was more scared of doing a spreadsheet. That's why I want an accountant straight away. Like yeah. I knew I was getting an accountant one way or another because like like Excel spreadsheets just Scare. freak me out. <laughs> like I actually couldn't do it. Like yeah. so I'd rather have software than use anything to do with me having to put stuff into the computer and it would just break and I would just have a breakdown. So you're a bit nervous of using free agent, weren't you, Bees? Yeah. Pretty I'm easy. Getting there now, mm-hmm. yeah. It was kind of it's like new, isn't it? But yeah. 
it's one of them things that once you get used to doing it, then it's so easy. I mean, I just it. ask you daft questions and it's fine. Like, I'm Alicia. <laughs> but like, I always knew that I wanted an accountant because I'm really rubbish at the business side of having a business. That sounds terrible. The other, day, the other day after, so the other day, <laughs> um, you're asking how to categorize. I may as well just go. I'll just it, go you, and you. She's asking how to categorize something. And I said, "Oh, that'll be under that expense." And she went, "I went click Alicia." I was just telling her how to get onto it. And she went, "Hi, Alicia." And I went, "Yeah, you're Alicia." <laughs> But no, like I asked Dick like so like daft questions. So I'm like, what do I put this in? And it's like diesel, and it's just like, well, like pretty standard, like straightforward, isn't it? It's more expensive. And I'm like, well, oh, yeah. Or like, if you are one of our clients from Crufts, her her response was, fuck it, it's sundries. If she, <laughs> if she didn't know where to put things, yeah. um, which is probably one of the best. You know, replies I've ever had to use like software and categorize and stuff because I'll just sod it as sundries. Yeah, um, that's not the correct way to do it. Just uh, as a disclaimer, don't just put anything as sundries because it's a bloody nightmare. Yeah, that's um, what I would do, and I'd be like, they can sort it later. So you'd be rather, fine. You'd rather people ask, like, then, yeah. yeah, I always I start with it's probably going to be a stupid question, but and then I'll ask the question because it probably is. But like I say, it is now, and like I'm just very much happy to just go and walk dogs and then that's it and just not deal with any of that. So, like, having an accountant helps with that because it keeps you on track as well. Because I literally wouldn't have played, it was like a total minefield yeah. to me, like the whole taxes and all that sort of stuff. Um, so having like free agent is like brilliant and having an accountant is what I wanted and having a pet accountant is even better because I was just going to get well I didn't even know I was going to start looking for accountant but it would have just been any and like you say having someone who specifies in that industry is so much better because then they know exactly just what. mentally learn it yeah, yeah like <laughs> just then I know like you know exactly what I can actually like claim for and like for taxes and everything like that whereas like you say if you had like just any standard accountant they'll probably not know the ins and out accountant, no just mean the fact they're just not like experienced in that area whereas you're primarily experienced in that area so it means that some things that I thought oh I didn't even think I could put that through for my business you'd be like well yes you can for that reason and then that helps massively when it comes to doing your tax return she I didn't pay her to say it. No, she, <laughs> she didn't. She didn't. I mean, I wish she did. There's, there's someone standing next to her being like, you need to tell her. <laughs> there is. Knife me back. <laughs> um, right, awesome. we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. But before we go, I want, I'm going to put you on the spot. I want three things from both of you. Like, if you team were talking to someone who was literally just starting out as a dog groomer, what would be the three tips that you would give them looking back on obviously your experience and, and what you did wrong and, and things like that? What would be your top three tips? And then that gives Alicia time to think of her three. Oh. Do you want to go for ones that I might not say to help you? So whatever you want. It doesn't matter, just, just any. I would say, um, stay consistent with your social media and always ask for that testimonials and stuff because they really help. That's what people look at straight away. Well, I do when I go on a page. And then I would um, keep on top of your bookkeeping, your record keeping, get an accountant from the beginning. Um, don't leave it months because then it just gets even harder to work everything out. And the last one, I'd say just be like strict of your policies and stuff and be confident. Like, don't worry if you're going to lose customers. <laughs> I feel it, yeah. <laughs> So she'll say one and then I'm like, all oh, right, well, I'm going to say this one and then she'll say what I'm going to say. <laughs> you can think of three. So my uh, three. Um, they are good points. Like definitely everything that I would Thanks. take on board for like starting up. Um, but stick to your guns with your <laughs> prices. Um, like do your research, like see what uh, like they're charging in your area. Um Definitely go on. I'm on a few pages for specifically for dog walkers, um, sort of like dog walking businesses. Um, and it's quite nice to have that group because it can be quite lonely being a dog walker and having your own business that like you don't have staff to talk to. Um, so it's quite nice to be on like private groups where they are for just like dog walkers and boarders because you can ask advice. I mean, even with that client of the week, I put on there and ask advice on there. And it's just comforting to know that there's other people in the same position as you. Like I thought like no one's going to have something like that, but everyone has a story like that mm-hmm. um so it's like a nice little support it's kind of like a staff room for like your business um and you can just kind of people go on there and vent so that's definitely a good thing 
Um, I've got one for you because you got you got quite run down, didn't you? Before you went away, yes. you had like burnt a show, and I said that's burnout. Yeah. You're working too hard, too many hours. Yeah. Stick, no. Like stick to your day, like have your days off. Obviously, that was like it's sometimes hard to do because if I'm dog sitting, it's different again because then I am normally working over a weekend and then straight back into dog walking the following week. Um, but make sure if you know you've got dog sits coming up. <laughs> making sure you've got dogs it's if you've got dogs come up make sure you think right well maybe a week after that I'll take like a few days off just to kind of give yourself that time to rest because I was literally from dogs and straight back into walking um, and then I ended up having a busy weekend doing walks as well so and then obviously if you're not home you've got things to catch up off at home if you've dog sat for four days and you've got your dog walks and your days off you end up spending catching up on your housework or whatever else so definitely prioritizing time off like I'd decided to take bank holidays off because I would only book time off if I was actually going on holiday or going somewhere I wouldn't book time off just to do nothing which you would do if you had a normal job so taking a bank holiday off gives us that chance to actually have a day off where I don't have anything planned and I can just Thank chill you. out so definitely prioritize having days off yeah because fabulous it does kill you nope, this is Fifi <laughs> and it's come a that's Fifi that's the culprit who's been snoring in the background and obviously he... didn't find our conversation riveting at all as all you can hear is conversation <laughs> yawning if you ever hear snoring in the background when you ring up Thomas and Clark the pair accountant I always say to people that isn't anyone in the office making that noise it's Fifi <laughs> No one's having a little tactical thank nap in the you. afternoon. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Well, thank you very much. I know I, I did this last minute for, for Alicia, and I just thought because we get quite a few uh, newbies come on the group that are just starting out, it's, it's always helpful to hear people who've done it and what they did. Oh, uh, Frank's kicking off now. What what you guys did and, and pitfalls and how you deal with things so that people, even if someone takes a tiny bit of information from today's live or if you're listening to it on the podcast, there's my little man, and um, listen to it on the podcast and even just take one snippet and it's really, really useful for people. So, um, you know, guys, if you've got any questions in the group, um, Tegan's obviously admin in the group, Alicia's in the group as well. And like Alicia said, really, really important point about helping each other, you know, these groups are not just obviously this one, but all the other um, pet business groups are really, really good to get support and help and just reach out because it can be lonely running your own business, especially if you're on your own. I thought I found that when I started the pet accountant. Obviously, now I've got Lee to moan to um, when he's around. Um, so use the group if you're stressed about anything, if you're worried about anything then I'm sure there's other people in the group that may well have gone through the same experience. Like Alicia's Mrs. X, horrible client. Um, you know, just we use the group and support each other um, and, and share your stories. So we're going to leave it there because it's uh, it's getting on a little bit and we're going to go and have a celebratory drink with Alicia to, to mark her one year in business. <laughs> um, I hope you found it helpful as always, carry on asking questions in the group. Um, I know there's been quite a few over the last couple of days and I will get round to, to answering them. Um, I will. I know a few people asked for um, free agent uh, tutorials. We will get some diaries when they uh, get diaries, get some date in the diary when they gets back on holiday um, for some free agent training. If you email me, I do have a quick training video that I did last year that I'll happily send you that covers the, the very basics. Although there is free agent videos that they do themselves on various different topics, so don't forget to look out for those as well. Um, but yes, uh, next week will just be little old me again, so I might try and get uh, someone on. I thought of another one and I just thought... I'll go on then. <laughs> it helps you. So definitely do research and maybe apply for a course that helps start up businesses oh, yeah, um, we did the course yeah, and um, I had already started up but it was still very informative obviously with the software and stuff like that which was all new to me so I would definitely recommend for you as more the bookkeeping wasn't yeah it? her um because that's kind of the minefield for me Damn. and that's a bit I struggle with most like I say I was happy just to walk dogs mm. um, and wasn't really sure on the whole bookkeeping side of it so that sort of thing gives you the insight in a like the more like businessy side of running a business so I would definitely recommend doing a course like the one that you offer shameless plug by Alicia that again didn't pay to say that she hasn't actually done it 
Um, those of you we did, I did mention it actually a few weeks ago. We gave it to um, ten people half price just to get some feedback. And um, the feedback we have had in the course has been brilliant. Uh, from that, we have made a couple of tweaks um, that are in progress now and should be done by the end of the week. Once they've been done, um, some technical things, we're going to roll it out to people who are on our email list and who are in the group only will get first dibs whilst it is cheap. It is literally a bargain at £99. Um, it's a business expense and it will, I 100 million percent guarantee, will help you. Otherwise, I will give you your money back personally. Um, I will come to your house with £99 in my hand and give it to you. I am that confident it's going so to you just come to my house and give us £99 anyway? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I think it's difficult to tell people, like, when people email and I'm trying to tell them I think they'll benefit from it without sounding too salesy, because I've seen it. I was there when you were, like, producing it and putting it together. And it took you weeks and weeks and weeks. You've got experts from different fields, like... Um, uh, social media marketing and you've obviously been on talk to you, you've done the course but like um, bookkeeping you and me like it's full of information like it is amazing food I wish I had something like that when I start I went to college and they taught you how to dog room but nothing about setting up a business yeah. and the prince's trust touched on it but ne- nowhere near in depth for that course yeah. like you cover everything there. like it would have been ideal for me to have sorting out from the beginning, but it's still beneficial even if you have started and you That's like new. still new. Um, even in your first year, like it's still because there's some yeah. things you think, oh well, I didn't even think of that. Um, I didn't even realize that's what I would have to do. Yeah. So and just little daft things like that. Um, so then you come away from it feeling like you kind of got your business together because you already were doing your business, but you've now got that so much more knowledge that you can put into it as well, and then that helps make your business better. A few people have gone, oh well, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not starting up right now. And I'll go, yeah, but you're six months in. You're still quite like you need to see as a business. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and if and people email us, I'm not sure about my bookkeeping, but I don't need an accountant. Well, the course has a module on bookkeeping yeah, exactly. and what you can and can't put through. Yeah, extent. I mean, we've we've priced it cheap. People might say, well, why is it so cheap? And I have been asked that, and it is cheap because I want people to be able to afford to have it and to have yeah, especially that like businesses who might be put off with like oh like I remember like looking back like when I first started like do I need to do this course and then you look and it's like hundreds yeah. of pounds you think well to be honest when you're just starting up and you've left your job to start a business you probably don't have that money some people yeah. might but not everyone so having it that like having it a bit cheaper then brings people in and it helps them massively yeah. exactly not everyone can afford an accountant when they first start either so it's it's that just means. having that knowledge and unfortunately yeah. there's too much crap all over facebook of just people telling people wrong advice and um, kim's just kim's but i haven't started it yet that kim the only tweak is regarding the quiz um at the end so you can crack on the content it's exactly the same the only thing we're tweaking is the quiz um, because it is currently going through getting an iPad stamp of approval, so you will get a certificate at the end of completing it, uh, mm-hmm. and it will go towards your CPD points with iPad. Yeah. Um, and one thing that we had to tweak uh, for them was the quiz and how we uh, ran the quiz. So if you've got it and you haven't done it yet, then just by all means carry on. It's not going to change much other than the quiz. Um, but yes, thank you guys very much for doing that. I do appreciate it. Um, and the podcast hope you're out in a couple of days. So if you're listening to it on that, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, and I will see you same time next week, 6 p.m. Um, for some more fun and games. And then obviously the week after that, uh, the lovely Lee will be here on his talk because I'm off on holiday. So we'll see you next week. Um, like I say, put some topics in the group if you've got anything that you want me to show. I will do a free, uh, free agent one, but it's hard to do it on these because obviously I can't transfer that to a podcast, but I will do that separately. So any other topics, let us know uh, and we'll catch up next week. All right, guys, enjoy, stay Thank safe, you. and Thank I will you. catch Bye. up with you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.